Welcome back, Goat Gabbers, to another exciting rendition of Goat Gab. And most importantly, happy birthday to Goat Gab. This is one year of podcasting. Laura, what are your thoughts on one year? We made it. We made it. Happy birthday to us. Yeah, it's a... It's been a wild year. Uh, 51 episodes. We took some episodes off. We added some extra ones in uh, here, but this is episode 51, and we're celebrating one year today in a little more lightheartedness, fun episode for us to look back and reflect on, as well as you to come along and, and kind of see the journey we've made as well. Yeah, it's been it's been an amazing year, and just like... When you celebrate the first birthday of anything, I feel like that we ought to have one of those smash cakes, Cameron, you know, <laughs> that, that you see people do happy, happy first birthday pictures with. So I guess all of you can picture us smashing into a cake, though. We really yeah. didn't because I don't want to clean up the mess and, you know, I'd have to do well, that. So. Well, and you've also anyway. been on vacation, right? I have been. I just just flew home tonight. So um, it had one of those fun things that happened. Uh, we were we were, I used Uber for the first time. So I feel like I'm in the 21st century now. <laughs> Had to have Madeline walk me through it a little bit, but Hey, Uber's cool. So, you know, now I know how to do that. Yeah. And, it's, um, it's, it's a great technology. I will say it's uh, con- congratulations, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, right. um, you know, I, so Madeline was like, and mom, you can use Uber to order food. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, I live in Chillicothe, Missouri. It's, <laughs> we don't, we probably don't have that around here. I doubt that there's an Uber driver in Chillicothe. I don't know. Maybe there is, but, um, regardless, it got, got us to the airport in good time. And, uh, when we got on the flight, I looked down at my boarding pass and it said priority one, Hot dang, we flew first class. So um, for those of you who do that frequently, I'm sure it's not a big deal to you. But, oh, gosh, to have uh, two flights where I see how the other half lives, it was pretty awesome flying in first (laughs) class. Probably the first and only time I'll get to do that. But um, it was amazing. So Uh, I like those big seats. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's it's definitely different. And just remember the little people, Laura. When... <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really great up until the, the point that I was putting putting uh, my computer bag in the overhead in the overhead compartment, and I didn't realize that my big purse that I had on my shoulder was batting this poor guy in the head. <laughs> he wasn't very happy. He kind of yelled at me for using my purse as a weapon. And then I was all embarrassed and I probably apologized six times and he just glared at me. So um, the other exciting thing I discovered about uh, first class though, is that they will uh, give you as much beverages, as many beverages as you want. And so after this old guy had his fourth glass of wine, he was pretty okay then. So um, I decided that that was a good thing also. The old guy wasn't your husband, right? No, 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 no. He didn't see what was, he didn't notice what was going on. And I said something to him about this other person being really grumpy. He's like, why was he grumpy? And I said, well, I guess I whacked him in the head with my purse. He was like, well, it's a good thing I didn't hear him yelling at you about it. And I'm like, yeah, it probably is a good thing. But anyway, so, so uh, no, I will go back to my peon world of not being in first class, I'm sure, with my next flight. But um, it was a lot of fun today. That's for sure. 
So awesome. Good vacation though. Awesome. Didn't see any goats. Didn't see any goats. Um, We went to Boston and if we have some listeners in, in Massachusetts, uh, you know, maybe next time I'll have to try to tie some goats into my trip, but um, Boston was fun. And then we went to Salem for a day. So uh, (laughs) the only goats I saw in Salem were on pentagrams and I didn't want to go there. So that was the end of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's not dig into that, but Laura, I think uh, before you went on your vacation, you did something big too, right? Well, I did my first AI for the year. So that was, it's always fun. And, and it always reminds me how much I enjoy doing AI. So uh, I guess we'll see in a few weeks if it took or not. But um, you know, that's yeah, so better than, we've got a couple, yeah. oh, go a couple of those breads. So yeah, that's exciting. There we go. Well, that's yeah. better than our first AI experience this year because our pen light apparently doesn't work. So that's great. So did you do it blind? I mean, because obviously it everything like thought and and everything, right? I think he found the pen light was broken before he thawed the straw. Oh, shoot. Good. I don't think I would want to do it blind. I know some people do, but ugh, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I couldn't do that either there. I did manage to find one working flashlight, though, and then I have a couple more super-powered flashlights, but that's assuming I'm actually at home in order to help my dad with the AIs this year um, due to some of my craziness of my work schedule now. You've been doing lots of travels lately. Yep. So two weeks on the road and – or excuse me, had a bunch of weeks on the road and two weeks off, and then I jump right back on. So, uh, yeah, um, my professional career allows me to do a little bit of traveling and the GOAT off season as I will call it here. So I'm thankful for those opportunities there. Um, but it does make weekends a little crazier trying to get everything settled in for the week. No, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. So what else have you been up to at home? Well, so I, I talked about kind of my craziness. I judged two shows uh, ever since the weekend there, the Kansas State Fair. Had a phenomenal time in Kansas. So thank you to the people out there. And then the next week after, I was in Ohio judging the Ashland County Fair. So I thank you. Excuse me. Thank you to the people of Ohio for that. That was a good time. Smaller show, though, but nonetheless, I got to see some stellar alpines. So that's always fun as an alpine enthusiast. Oh, yeah. It always, you, you always kind of in the back of your head are thinking, huh, is this something I could use? Yeah, you're exactly right there. Uh, In addition to that, last week we did our verification test for milk records. So that's, I'm always thankful to have that out of the way. Good. Very good. So, and then um, today, um, you know, Laura and I obviously actively raise goats and it's important to remember that we love our goats, but sometimes you love them so much that you don't want to see them in pain anymore. So today I did the, the, the bad thing, not the bad thing, the, um, sad, disheartening thing of, of putting down a goat. And I'm trying not to get emotional about it here, but um, it just, it hurts no matter how old they are or how, you know, bonded you are with them. They could be a 11 year old who's won her class at nationals, or it could be just maybe a, a two day old kid. You know, it, it doesn't make it any easier. So um, kind of a, a sad note to end on for my farm news there. Well, we'll bring it back up. Yeah, it's hard. It's always hard to lose them. And then I also think, too, 
you know, as, as good stewards of these animals that we're blessed to have in our lives, sometimes we do have to make those hard decisions because it isn't fair to leave them in suffering when we can, you know, kind of help them on their way. But gosh, those are, those are the hard days. Those are the ones where you just want to go out and sit in the pasture and let all the baby goats climb all over you. So you can kind of remember that there's joy along with the sorrow with having animals, I think. Yeah, absolutely there. Um, Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to come up from that there, but we're not going to let this, uh, uh, put a damper on our celebration. Laura, is there anything happening in the world of Adgo or any of our random dairy goat discussions we like to have? You know, I think there's a couple of things. Um, I So last week, the uh, schedule for the Adgo convention in Tucson came online and you can sign up for the convention also. So, um, you know, I've had people ask me convention. So what is that? And I thought convention was what happened like at the national show. I'm like, no, 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 no. National show. That's, you know, where we get to be there with our animals. Convention is where we get to talk about our animals, but we don't actually have the animals there. And um, my late husband always used to say that the ADGA convention was the one time of the year that dairy goat folks were able to get together and be in a world where what we do is considered normal. I don't know if that's a very fair way to put it or not, but if you haven't ever considered going to convention, you might take a look at the schedule and see what's going on and, um, you know, consider coming out for the whole week, hopefully, or a few days if you don't have a whole week to do it. But there's all kinds of interesting classes and informative sessions and um, just lots to learn about dairy goats. In addition to attending the board of directors meeting, and and those are open for anybody to come watch and listen to and meet your director and meet um, the leadership of your dairy goat association and ask questions. That's the place to do it. So that's my plug for the convention. Yeah, I agree on that. It's it's a fun time, and it, again, it's a it's a bunch of dairy goat people that get together and and talk about the things we wouldn't shows except without our animals, and uh, have a little fun along the way. I think it's kind of like a goat gab in person, Cameron. Yeah, one could say that you are correct. you know the other thing i think let's talk a little bit cameron about some questions that we were tagged in on some discussions um through social media um people had some questions about youth memberships so i guess to start out i don't want to say that cameron and i are the be-all end-all on adga membership questions though you know we've kind of been around the block a few times and and have some ideas but um you know to try to Let's let's talk about that a little bit. And I think, Cameron, you and I have kind of agreed the very first place to start with is to find out what are the requirements for your local, like your county fair and your state fair, if your kids show in 4-H or yep. FFA through those venues. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think, you know, let's, let's take a step backward here. There's two different types of memberships we kind of got called out on. One, there are youth memberships, which only qualify to a certain subsection. I think it's you can be zero, and I think you could be, you know, just just a young boy, a, a young child, and all the way up to what is it, eighteen? Correct, twenty one? Nope, it's twenty. Twenty, okay, up to twenty I years old. I think it's twenty. I think I think after you're twenty, you you become a, an adult member then. Okay, so zero to twenty, that's youth, and youth have certain limit. Have some minor limitations, including non-voting rights for national show judges and um, 
uh, uh, directors. Um, but I think that's really the biggest limitations from my past experience there. And then there's full on membership, which I think is a little pricier than the youth membership, maybe, you know, five, five extra bucks ish. But then again, you get the, all of those said rights of being a full member, including the full voting privileges. So that's kind of the two areas we had in question there. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And, and something, two other things to kind of think about one, one is if you have a youth membership, it is in one child's name. So you can't have a youth membership for Cameron and Evan Jodlowski. That wouldn't work. It has to be one membership for Cameron and one membership for Evan because is Evan your twin Cameron? Yes, correct. Okay. That was a bad example. Um, let's, <laughs> let's, because you guys have the same birth date, but well, like with my kids, yeah. yes, if I wanted yes. to have a youth membership, they would have different birth dates. So that doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yes. So Laura or not Laura, excuse me, Elizabeth and Madeline and Steven, we're going to throw Steven in there just for today's discussion and Caroline, they would have to have one individual membership for the youth membership. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Now, in my state of Missouri, though, um, to show at our state fair, because it is not or it was not a sanctioned youth show, the the goats still needed to be owned in the kids' names, but a family membership worked for them. So a family membership is something that you can do with an adult membership. It's still just one membership. So even though on my family membership, which it stated Laura, Elizabeth, Madeline, and Caroline Warren. We still just got one vote out of that for director and for national show. We still just paid one price. But that allowed all of my kids to show any of my goats at the state fair. So even as Elizabeth and Madeline aged out, Caroline could still use that same membership to show their goats at the state fair. So um, again, that's not an ADGA sanctioned youth show because I believe for ADGA sanctioned shows, it still needs to be in one youth's name. Is that correct, Cameron? I think so. Again, not the expert on that, but well, I'll, I'll draw an example from my past where at my state fair, we had a youth show and it, the goats had to be individually owned by us. So um, Cameron would have goats in his name. Evan would have goats in his name. Kenyon would have goats in his name and Griffin would have goats in his name. Each of us had an individual membership. Each of us paid the individual membership. Each of us had a unique ADGA ID number. And that we had at one point, we actually had youth memberships. And then we transitioned, I think at 12 or 14 over to um, full, mem full fledged memberships. So when, so something else to keep in mind too if you have an adult membership, but you're a child, so let's say that you are 14, but you've transitioned into an adult membership, you still can use that membership to show at youth shows. Just because you're an adult membership doesn't mean that that makes you ineligible. So you can be an adult membership from the time that you're six months old. It, I mean, that's, that's totally fine. And a thing to keep in mind too like, uh, let's take my daughter, Caroline. She got her youth membership when she was um, 10 years old. For every year that she is a youth member, that only counts as a half year towards a lifetime membership. They don't, it, it's not counted the same as a full adult membership is, if that matters to you. 
you know, some of you know that you're going to be in goats for life or you think your kid might be in goats for life. So it's, you know, you don't get as much credit for having a youth membership. Yep. That, that's a big consideration there. So uh, again, so I think, uh, go ahead, Laura. Well, I was going to say one other important thing, though, setting aside what is legal or allowed at your county or at your state fair level. If your youth is planning to show at the national show, um, in the embedded youth show, that membership can only be in one child's name. So um, a family membership does not work for the embedded youth show. It has to be a single membership like Cam- Cameron mentioned earlier, where it is just that youth's name and they have their own um, unique ADGA ID number for their name. So I would encourage everybody to um, contact contact the director or contact ADGA if they need more information. You know, guys, I know sometimes it's a little bit difficult to get through the phones, but um, things should be slowing down a little bit. Phone phone hours should be picking up. So, um, you know, call or email if you have more questions about the youth membership thing. But again, I really feel like that the starting place is, is to kind of find out what is required in your county and, and looking at the majority of the shows that you're going to be showing at and make sure that, that your animals are, are eligible for that due to their membership. Do you have any other thoughts on that, Cameron? Yeah. Yes. It's better to be right and ask the questions than to be wrong at the time of the show and your kid miss out on that opportunity. So that's one thing that, you know, I, I would always encourage if you do have questions about membership or whether they can show or not show, or what's the problem here, ask the questions beforehand and come prepared beforehand rather than expecting it all to work out before the show. If there's going to be issues, because there are certain uh, limitations that are put on certain shows that are spelled out in the rules. So ask those questions, right? Nobody likes to be the one to have to turn away a kid from a show. Um, So just make it easier on everybody. And, and as Cameron said, ask those questions ahead of time. So yes, absolutely there. All right, uh, Laura, uh, anything else we want to talk about before we move on to the main topic? I don't think so. I think that kind of ties it up. I'm sure that there's going to be more news. And and again, as we head closer to um, the ADGA convention, please take the time to look up those year-end reports as they come in on the ADGA website. And if you have something that you have questions about or that you feel is important to you, get in touch with your director, ask them to bring um, your thoughts and your concerns to the, to the annual meeting and then follow back up with your director, find out what happened in that meeting, make sure that you read uh, the minutes and the um, summary of the meeting after that's published too. So be an informed member of your dairy goat association. Yes. You need a button that says that or something. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So let's get on to our, let's get on to our birthday party. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get going here. Uh, one year of podcasting and what a journey it has been. Don't you agree, Laura? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. It's- and you know, Cameron, I, I think you and I talk about this a lot, but you know, when I look back over this year, we really wanted to help tie our community back together you know, COVID just kept so many of us apart and we missed that camaraderie and that friendship and, and just the, the experience of talking goat. And I really, 
you know, feel like that we've been able to do that, which makes my heart happy. But I had absolutely no idea that it would be so fulfilling to do this. I mean, I, I feel like that, that it's just been a, a, an amazing gift to myself and, and has really kept my enthusiasm and my love of goats at an all time high because of the people that we've met through this podcast and the feedback that we get. What do you think about that? I agree. And, and, you know, I really didn't come into this podcast with, you know, Oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do this and talk about goats and maybe a couple people will listen. And, and if they do, that's great. But I would, did not expect the amount of support, the amount of encouragement, the amount of random people, um, uh, meeting, being able to meet with myself and giving me feedback about the podcast. It's truly been incredible. But the one thing that I've really liked about this podcast is that it's helped keep me accountable in my goat herd to make sure I'm always doing the right thing. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Because like, we'll say things on our podcast at times and my kids will say, mom, we don't always do that. I guess we now have to always do that. And there are always things that, you know, I know are the right things to do, but, um, um, my youngest daughter just walked in with her cup of chocolate milk and has her goat gab shirt on. And, uh, <laughs> She's she's making sign language reminding me about like keeping the the pens cleaned up at the state fair. <laughs> oh, no. So you know she's right. I mean it Why'd it and I totally agree with what you said. It it makes you oh, no, it makes you a little more conscious of the fact that you know oh yeah we need to make sure that we are doing the things the right way. So yeah, I, that's that's the big thing there, and that's one thing I never expected. But I'm I'm really thankful for that, and it's definitely made me a better dairy goat breeder uh, and enthusiast. And and I'll be honest with you guys, and I think Laura will agree with me, we are not the best and we miss attention to detail. I am the king of missing attention to details on some things. So, you know, we we try our best to do the best we can, uh, but sometimes we make mistakes. We do. And it really doesn't bother. I'm going to speak for both of us on this, Cameron. It doesn't bother for us to get called out on it either makes us better people all around. So we're only human and and, uh, we make just as many mistakes as anybody else does. So it's it's good to learn. And and I'll tell you, that's something else that I've really appreciated is is learning from the guests that we've had and learning from you, Cameron. But, um, you know, I think about about some of the breeding changes that I've made and the way I've looked at my animals and the decision to cull, all of those things I've, I've really hammered down on myself a lot more, a lot, you know, when you're on a podcast and you mention that you're going to do something, you kind of have to stick to it then. So (laughs) that's, that's one thing that I've learned too. Yeah. I really think, and it's not just the, what the guests have brought in or the perspective. And I, I think it's the different perspectives and it's something that, you know, I, I thought this podcast was a great way to challenge not only us to be better dairy goat breeders and enthusiasts, but other people as well. So that was my big goal. And kind of, you know, when we started and we looked at it here and you texted me one August day and you said, Hey, Cameron, do you want to have a podcast together? And I was like, well, let me think about it. I don't really know. And secretly I was like, yeah, let's do this. Come on. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, but, but it really, I really wanted to make sure that we were challenging people to maybe do things a little bit different to see if it could work better. Because at the end of the day, 
I, the one thing I think that's so great about this community is that we are so communicative. It's a really big word for me to say, but we are so great at sometimes giving a lot of information away, but necessarily we don't put it in the right places to make sure every person can see that. So I thought this podcast would be a great way to do that. Well, and, and you know, I'll tell you, just kind of looking back at history and all, it was um, driving to the uh, Weeping Water Nebraska show last year. And um, my daughter Elizabeth and I were driving up there. And um, one of my other daughters had introduced me to podcasts earlier in the summer. And so I was talking about how I'd just about gotten all the way through Crime Junkies and I needed something else to listen to. And so, you know, we were looking up at different livestock podcasts and uh, came across Beyond the Ring and listened to that for a little bit. And I thought, you know what? we could do a podcast for goats. And, and it was about at that time that I realized that um, um, our friends, John and Nathan had a dairy goat podcast too. And I thought, you know, I think I'd like to try my hand at this maybe with a little bit of a different angle than, than where they were going. And so um, I talked with um, our friends, the Schmitz at that show and Robin Van Wyk and, and they were like, yeah, do a podcast. We'd listen to it. Sure. That'd be great. And I started trying to think about who I thought would be a lot of fun to work with on a podcast. And I think it's just serendipity, Cameron. You just, your face came to my mind. Maybe it was that big head Cameron that I saw um, at the 2018 national show. I don't know. Floated in my mind, but um Anyway, if you were at the 2018 Nationals, especially at the wine and cheese party, everybody saw Big Head Cameron there. So um, it, it was F everywhere. FHC, Fat Head Cameron, still lives. Um, <laughs> Fat Head Cameron, sorry. Fat, yeah, he, no, it's fine. Uh, he still lives. He, he, he lives in my good friend Tony's basement. Um, and he gets taken out every once in a while. Uh, um, it's just, it's, it's a good time. But yes, uh, for those of you that are newer to the podcast and maybe haven't listened to our first episode, uh, Laura, do we just want to tell um, these maybe newer listeners who we are? Yeah, I think that sounds like a good way. Um, you go first, Cameron. Okay. So my name's Cameron. Uh, I raise alpines and sables with my dad uh, under the herd name Kickapoo Valley. Uh, we've had a host of breeds over um, numerous years before he grades. There was a Nubian. Um, there was, we've had very success, a lot of success in La Mancha's. My dad had Sonnen's back in the day. Um, so I do that with him here in the state of Illinois. I'm an ADGA licensed judge. Um, and, uh, I had the opportunity to judge not only in the United States, but in Mexico as well there. Um, also I will be getting married. Yay. In, um, 360 ish days. Uh, we are officially reached the one year mark, um, until my impending nuptials. Uh, with my fiance Catherine, and we, she shows uh, Toggenbergs under the Taylor Ridge herd name. So that's me, Laura. What about you, Cameron? You left something out really important that I think a good segment of our breeders or our listeners would like to know. Uh, what? That's a good. You, I don't you know. left you left out your Nigerians. Oh yes, <laughs> I have had uh, a Nigerian. Um, 
It's a very small breeding program. I, I, fun fact about me, I was the 2013 premier Nigerian dwarf exhibitor at the Edgar National Show. So I do like to tell people about that. I have the chair and I'm looking at the chair right now, actually. So I just think that's pretty, that's a pretty cool story. And you also are like one of the amazing luckiest people that I know because you've won two raffle, two raffle does. Yes. At national yes. shows. Oh, we're getting to that story, aren't we? <laughs> I think it's I, I, an important one. I, okay, so yes, it's it is an important one, and um, you know, this is we're gonna ramble here, but that's okay. Um, my good friend Travis Bolt, um, we're gonna have him on the podcast at some point, um, and for one of our episodes, I think I haven't told Laura this yet, but I'm gonna tell her right now during the podcast. Um, Goat Friends After Dark. I think we're gonna do some of those episodes. Um, with with some of our friends, so uh, he he will be one of them. Travis, uh, a good friend of mine, um, he uh, likes to be a little mischievous. Um, he uh, likes to put raffle tickets in under different people's names. Back when they did Raffle Kids, the national show, so he bought some tickets. He put some in under my name. He put some under our friend the Schmidt's name. I think he put some under our friend. Craig's name there under some random goats and random breeds. No big deal. So I was at the national show in 2012 with helping Craig Coatman. And I rode out there um, with another breeder and, and basically I was there helping people. Um, I was not there as an exhibitor, just helping people out, hanging out with some friends, uh, showed in the youth events. My dad was one of the national show judges. So we got to the raffle table and they started picking names and whatever. And, this table comes up and it's uh, Cameron Jedlowski. And my dad's jaw is like, what the heck is that? And I'm just like, what is going on here? You know, okay, well, <laughs> I guess I want a table. Cool, 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 cool. And then comes um, the, ne- uh, the last raffle goat, which was the Nigerian dwarf. And this had the most amount of tickets in it. This was, I think, before the boom of Nigerian dwarfs. Don't you agree? Yes. Yeah. And so this had a bunch of tickets in it and I, they pull, they pull the ticket out and it's Cameron Jadlowski and my dad's jaw like hit the floor. The look on his face could kill. Like he was, he was not happy mostly because he was freaking out. How are we going to get these two goats home from the national show? Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, uh, Travis Bolt had put those tickets in. He had later confirmed that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we took the two home. Uh, we showed them throughout the summer. Um, they, the Nigerian did pretty well. The sable was kind of awkward. Um, and then we did not freshen them. The Nigerian got a little heavy, but that's okay. It's some extra love. She got a lot of love. Um, and then the Sable matured very nicely. She was first place in her class and junior national champion. The Nigerian was second in the class um, because she had a little too much conditioning to the national champion. And that's okay. That's fine. Um, and then we took them back the following year. And the Nigerian was sixth place two-year-old the national show. And the Sable won her class and was the national champion. So that's the fun little story of Cameron's Raffle Kids. Yeah, I think, Cameron, I think there is not a single person that can probably hold a candle to your success with Raffle Kids, both in winning two in the same year and then having those two be so amazing. 
yeah, it uh, truly was the luck of the draw on that one there. And uh, I'm forever thankful for the amazing story and the amazing friendships that have blossomed uh, from those experiences. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been great, but I think that's enough about me. Laura, what about you? Well, um, my entrance to Dairy Goats was a little bit different. Um, I was, I was one of those fifth grade girls who is crazy about horses. I wanted a horse so badly. My room was papered with Arabian horse world pictures all over the walls. I read every horse book that I could. I mean, I just, I just knew I was destined to, you know, own the next black beauty or black stallion or, or, um, uh, you know, genuine gold, whatever you wanted to say in the horse world, that was just going to be me. And my dad was just as, um, strongly in the belief that I was not going to get a horse. And of course, you know, since it was dad, he won. (laughs) So (laughs) he told, he told me, um, well, Laura, you can't have a horse, but how would you like a baby goat? And I'm like, a what? A goat? I'm not going to get into the Kentucky Derby on a goat. I mean, I just, you know, not to mention the fact that I didn't know how to ride horses and I'm five foot seven. So that probably wasn't ever going to happen anyway. (laughs) But um, we, we bought a a little baby Nubian buck kid and I fell in love with goats. That was, that was my very first goat. And um, in 1985, I joined Adga and, uh, saved up my money from working at McDonald's and bought myself my first registered purebred Nubian and uh, bred Nubians for a while under the herd name of Sorrelwood. That was my herd name back then. And uh, in 1987, I got an apprentice judge's license and um, started, started my little short time as an ADGA licensed judge uh, went on to get a two-year and then a four-year license after that and was also the Adga youth rep. So dairy goats were a huge part of my life. I, I loved judging and I loved meeting people and and uh, met some just amazing lifelong friends. I lived in Indiana back at that time and and some of those people I still I know that I could call them up on the phone and we could go out to dinner and it would be like I hadn't missed you know 30 years of of time in seeing them. So um, love my Indiana goat family for sure. So uh, fast forward a few years, I had the, an amazing opportunity of working for Patty Dean at the Willow Run Herd. So I know there's probably a lot of our listeners who that name doesn't mean a whole lot to them, but some of you will remember the Willow Run Herd and uh, worked there for a a short amount of time and um, loved working with Patty and her daughters. And um, during that time, well, a little before that, I had gotten married to uh, my first husband, Scott, and uh, we actually fell in love at the 1989 Adga National Show. So um, got married a couple years after that. And then um, my first two-legged kid joined my family while I was working for Patty. And I realized that, um, you know, at that time in my life, I had to make a hard decision that I needed to focus more on two-legged kids and not so much on four-legged kids. So I got out of dairy goats at that point. Um, still kept in touch with friends, still went to some shows, still had my judge's license. So I judged for a couple more years and, and then just realized that I, I was just going to have to put that on the back burner for a while. And I did. And time went by and three other amazing kids joined my family, two-legged kids. And, um, 
in 2008, my, um, my husband, Scott passed away unexpectedly. And, um, so I was, a, a fairly new OB nurse and, um, now a new, uh, single mom of four kids. So just trying to hold things together pretty well. And, and, um, the next year I was looking for something that I thought would be fun to do with my kids and something that would give them something to bring some joy in their life at a time that life was kind of hard. And, um, decided to get a few dairy goats that that would be fun. And my son, that was never his thing. And that was fine. He had other things that, that we did together, but um, my three girls just really embraced the whole dairy goat thing. And so in 2009, we jumped back in and started the maple wind herd. And um, it's just been a lot of fun and a lot of years I've worked with my girls since then. So it's been coming back into the dairy goat world after a short break. Uh, was just like coming home and uh, coming home again. And uh, I can't, can't thank the dairy goat world enough for always giving me something to smile about in my life. So not to get all soppy and and sad here, but um, I guess this is just kind of my way of saying why dairy goats are so important to me. Um, They've gotten me through a lot of rough times throughout the years. And uh, it's, it's truly a privilege and a joy to be part of an amazing community. So thank you to all of my goat friends for that. Laura, I always love when you tell your story because it's so inspiring and it really just shows to show how much uh, passion and joy the dairy goats have brought to not only you, but, but your family as well. And I think deep down, Stephen really somewhat appreciates the goats for who they are. You know, I think he's probably proud of, of the hard work that his sisters have done. Um, if you asked him, he'd tell you that it, it really spoiled him from getting to go on a lot of vacations in the summertime <laughs> because, you know, goat shows and milking and stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I've always thought that uh, one of the best ways to raise kids is to give them responsibility. And so watching them all grow up and knowing that they had things that they were responsible for. Stephen didn't do stuff in the barn, but he, you know, had other responsibilities, I, I think is a great way to raise kids. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It, it, it's been fun. And, and as my youngest is now in her second year of college, I know that um, life's probably going to change again, but I don't see myself getting out of goats, maybe just making a little smaller, a little easier to handle. So. And look at you. That's how you and Catherine met each other was through Dairy Goats. Yes. Yes. And we have some big life changes in the next year-ish. So, um, And I'm excited to really chronicle that moving experience of animals and setting up a new location here on the podcast. I'm, I'm really excited to use some of that experience and talking about moving animals and setting up new facilities and, and trying to figure out working with what we got, obviously, within all of our resources and how we can do new things. I'm really excited to chronicle that here on Goat Gab with our listeners. I think that we're all going to have fun learning from you because, you know, it's not very often that you get to grow up in a goat family and then pull apart and kind of do your own thing. So it'll be it'll be fun to see you guys work through that. So we'll all be cheering for you. Thank you. I, and I can tell all the listeners from firsthand experience that um, it's not easy being in a relationship with the goat person, especially because you both have may have done your own way and your own things. 
um, in different ways and coming together and compromising on that um, is probably something you don't really expect. But I can say from firsthand experience that uh, it's it's a real struggle. So nonetheless, though, I'm still excited to marry her. So, yeah, looking back now and, and maybe we look back here, Laura, what have we learned on this podcast? Well, I'll tell you what, I've learned a lot of editing skills. And uh, my my daughters, who always keep me honest, when when uh, somebody will say, oh, your mom has a podcast, they're like, yeah, but don't listen to the first couple of episodes. <laughs> because, gosh, Cameron, we just didn't know what we were doing, did we? No, and, and this is one thing our listeners, you know, we've gotten feedback from our listeners on we need to be better editors. And I will agree, like some of our editing, you know, Laura, no offense, especially those beginning episodes, was really, really bad. But we're trying to figure it out as we're going along the way. You know, we, you know, we're not experts at this. Laura, you have a, a, a you know, you are a, a nurse by trade, and I'm a, I don't really know what I do and or how to explain what I do, but I'm an insurance person by trade. We're not professional editors or sound mixers or anything. So, thank you for bearing with us through those first episodes. Yes, and thank you for. You know, again, giving us feedback when there's something that we need to do better or things that we'd like to do better. Um, you know, I think getting better software, better equipment, just kind of understanding how podcasts work was really helpful. But having said that, I would not want to discourage anybody from trying their hand out. At it. It's not it's not rocket science. It's not that difficult to do. You just kind of have to wing your way through it and, and learn how to do it. But it's, it's been a lot of fun. So I, I feel like that's a huge thing that uh, we've really learned is how to put together a better product for you guys. Cause that's what our end goal always is, is to give you the very best one that we can. Yeah. And, and we listen to that feedback. And one piece of feedback that I've really heard a lot of is that I need to work on listening more. And I will admit I'm, I like to jump right in. I get excited. I really want to, you know, maybe have my opinion on something, but you know, that's something that I need to work on is being able to listen, not only to Laura more, but to our guests more as well and really wait for them to be finished their thought. So we're working on it. That's one thing that, that, you know, in terms of feedback and episodes we've heard from, again, we hear all of the feedback that you guys give us and we want to work to improve. Something I think too, though, Cameron, that maybe people don't like, quite realize you and I live four and a half hours apart. And when we record, and especially when we bring a guest in there, they may be states apart or on the other part of the country. We don't get to see each other. So some of the give and take that normally come when you're sitting knee to knee with somebody and having a conversation, it's hard to see that you can't read body cues real well. So um, it some, sometimes the timing is better with somebody that you're talking with and sometimes it's a little more awkward. So um, it's not that we're trying to talk over each other. It's just that we don't know when somebody's jumping in or getting ready to yeah. say something. Would you say that? Oh, totally. It's, it's a give and take here um, and it's hard. And um, we necessarily, um, and this is a problem with rural America. We necessarily don't have the best internet services. We have fairly good, not great, internet services. And also in our families and in our houses, we have other people who are using the internet as well. Right. And, and, you know, you, you can ask everybody, 
please don't watch your um, uh, keeping up with the Kardashians on Hulu tonight, but they forget. And you know, that, that kind of sucks bandwidth or whatever else. So, um, you know, and, and you sometimes will hear dogs barking, clocks chiming, goats crying, doors slamming. That's just because we're doing this at home. We don't have a professional studio that we get to record in either. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, Additionally, what we've learned is it's it's kind of a balancing act uh, in the podcast. We've we're trying to promote the industry as well as compare it to our own herds. We're trying to really draw off our past experiences or issues with what we're doing, so you guys as listeners can learn from our mistakes. I think that's one really big thing is we don't want we want everyone that listens to this podcast to be successful. However, you define your success, whether that's in homesteading, whether that's in, in making your own feed, or whether that's you know winning at a national show, where we want to help you be successful. Um, and, and we really try to draw on some of our past experiences in order to help y'all be successful. Yes, for sure. And we also recognize that there is so much that we don't know, and um, you know we're not the we're not the final answer. We're not the definitive experts and. And, um, you know, our experiences, we're happy to share what we've gone through, but we also realize that, or at least, especially for me, there are people who have been in goats so much longer and have, you know, dairy experience or have, um, national show winning experience. I don't have any of those things. You know, I love my goats. Um, I'm serious about what I'm doing. I'm always trying to improving and and meet my goals, but I, you know, I, I, am not at the point in my life where I'm managing 150 animals anymore. You know, I've got a small herd and, and, you know, so I know that my perspective is limited, but I hope, I hope, and I feel like that Cameron and I both agree that we want to bring in those bigger perspectives because we want everybody to see that there's room for all of us to learn from each other. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree on that. Again, this is why it's important that we've built this community to where it is to be able to learn from each other, to be able to challenge our thoughts in order to make us truly better dairy goat breeders. Um, we've Cameron and I have had um, different listeners who have asked us why we don't talk more about our own personal herds or our own breeding programs or animals in our herds or so forth. And once in a while we'll mention an animal or, you know, share something that might've been strange or unique or heartbreaking or, you know, something in, in, again, may mention a specific animal, but uh, we both agreed from the very get go. That was not the goal of our podcast that, um, you know, if people wanted to learn more about our breeding programs or individual animals in our herds, that's, that's why we've got websites and, and you can find us through those venues, but we don't ever want this to be used as a platform for personal gain. Exactly. And we hope that's, that's reflected in, in the way that we run our podcast. And if it isn't, call us out unless we're going to say, hey, let's toot our own horn a little bit here. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 a really big thing. And at the heart of this is, again, it's all about, and I'll, I'll stress it here like for a fifth time, community, understanding, and challenging what you're doing in order to make us make yourself or, or others a better breeder. For sure. And I think, I think this is a great place, Cameron, to transition into kind of what our goals are for our next year, because I'd, I'd yes. like to say that we'll get to have a second birthday party too. 
I hope so. Uh, my fiance hasn't told me no yet, so that's good. And my family hasn't said, nope, we're not doing this anymore. So that's good on my <laughs> end as well. So. Well, well, good. Well, the first thing that um, we are going to have that isn't done yet um, is our t-shirts. Yes, we've had so many people who have commented that they want some merch, to quote my kids, um, for Goat Gab. And, and there are a few limited koozies that have been sent out and there is more to come on those and also a few limited t-shirts but uh, those t-shirts are done uh, through the very nimble fingers of my youngest daughter Caroline and and uh, uh, she does them on our cricket and we have our own t-shirt press but it takes a long time to get those done so Cameron's working on something um, a little bit fancier than that Caroline does it on her cricket the Maple Wind Caprine sweatshop um Yes, will not, <laughs> that's right. Will not be closing its door. However, we will be working to transition over to a different vendor. Right. So stay tuned on that. We'll have more to come on that. And uh, if you too would like to have a Goat Gab shirt or maybe other merchandise, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows what my vendor can do? I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think so it'll be fun. One. Yeah. One thing we're excited addition in addition to the t-shirts is we're excited to bring on new guests. We love our past guests that have been on here, but we want to continue to challenge you and really add fresh perspective to breeding programs here and other things. So we're really excited for new guests that are coming on, including ones that might be coming within the next couple of weeks. Oh, yes. And I'm not going to say any more about that, but <laughs> yeah, we're very excited. And, you know, I think too um, – my husband said the other day, aren't you guys going to run out of things to talk about? I'm like, well, this is me and Cameron. So probably not. <laughs> but on that topic, you know, you can, you can bring in a new guest to cover something that maybe you've covered before, but they're going to bring a totally different perspective. And I, and I think that that's in the plans is, is something that we're going to look at, you know, um, just because we talk about nutrition on one episode doesn't mean that somebody else might have a different idea on nutrition. And so I feel like that it's really helpful to all of us to get a bunch of different viewpoints on things that are, that are important to the dairy good industry. So those new those new guests can help us uh, share those different ideas with you all. Yes. Uh, speaking of the new guests, uh, one thing I'm excited about is to continue to tell some stories. Like I think about Margaret last week and what an amazing story she had. I'm excited for part two with Margaret. I'm excited to bring out some of our other friends who have amazing stories as well. And continuing to tell the story of, of goats beyond dairy goats, obviously. Obviously, we did that with Margaret. But but more stories because I think stories make this industry truly unique. They do for sure. And, you know, maybe open your eyes to some ways that dairy goats can enhance your lives in other ways than beyond the soap and beyond the cheese or how you can reach out to your community to educate them about how amazing goats are or uh, uses for uses for their goats that they might have not even considered. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that. Just kind of expanding all of our horizons a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, some of the guests that we've talked about bringing in bring a historical perspective. So uh, perhaps you didn't really know the history behind certain bloodlines or certain herds or um, always wanted the opportunity to pick the brains of somebody that you've admired as a past breeder and, and uh, bringing them on the podcast gives you a chance to do that. So I think that'll be kind of fun to see that too. 
Laura, you're giving a lot away there. Shh. I'm sorry. I won't say anymore. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, but, but one thing I'm really excited about is going kind of beyond the goat. And how can we look at other things that influence goat well-being, whether that's parasite management, whether that's um, creating your own forages or utilizing pasture or, uh, or, or just different systems that encompass the whole goat there. I'm really excited for some episodes that we have planned that are focused beyond the whole goat some of the equipment side some of the 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 animal intake side i'm really excited for those so that's that's all that's what i think we're going yeah you know some of our um, most downloaded episodes that we've had this past year are the three episodes that we did um over the adia scorecard and um, we've heard our listeners who say that they want more of that kind of teaching so um you know, I always think about that as a real meat and potatoes type thing. I mean, the kind of episode that you need to listen to several times so that you can digest it and really learn from that. But I anticipate having some more of that type of teaching on throughout the year in our second year as well. What do you think, Cameron? Oh, yeah, definitely. That Those were exciting episodes. On episodes that I think everyone got something out of, um, whether you even even if you were a casual uh, goat enthusiast or a, a hardcore show person. Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be fun to to explore that in more depth. And um, you know, we certainly don't want to leave our youth out. So, looking forward to uh, more information on showmanship or maybe maybe some trips trips. I can't talk right now. Tricks and tips. <laughs> on improving your showmanship uh, game could be helpful, especially as we head closer to national show and show season next yeah. year. Yeah, absolutely. Lots uh, in the, in the cooker, in the pressure cooker, in the instant pot as Laura would love there. Yes. I love so, my instant pot. So <laughs> that we're looking to serve up to our listeners. Oh, I'm, I can't believe I did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's great. You know, <laughs> Kind of, kind of closing things down a little bit here, though. Um, we could not have done any of this past year without our listeners. Um, every time that that people have said, uh, you know, we enjoy your podcast. Any time that people have said, hey, I wish you could do this differently or um, have given us positive feedback or maybe a little more constructive feedback. That's a gift every time we get it. And uh just thank you for making this year an amazing year for us. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, um, it really means a lot. And, and Laura, I don't say it enough, but thank you for asking me to do this with you. Cause it's truly been a, a highlight of my year. Well, um, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else, Cameron. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of fun to get to know you better. And, uh, <laughs> Look forward to every week that we get to record. Yes. As always, listeners, you can find us on uh, the Facebook, Goat Gab. Uh, find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you like us, leave us a review. If not, give us some feedback. Like Laura said, feedback is a blessing. And we do listen to all of the feedback given, whether it's constructive or it's good. So thank you and have a great week. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week.